No, are you kidding me? Neither one of are us was ready that time. Are you freaking kidding me? Hello, I'm Kai Rizdahl, a tad disgruntled right now. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. God. <laughs> wow, that was, a, that was a pretty extreme reaction. <laughs> I, I'm, okay? you know, I don't know. I'm sitting here minding my own business, and then bang, there goes the music. <laughs> Okay, I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you for joining us. Uh, It is Thursday and uh, not quite hollowed out shell of a Thursday, but we'll say a disgruntled (laughs) Thursday. And we are going to do what we do on the regular around here, which is some news fixes followed by some smileys. Uh, And really, we both wanted to talk about the same story today because, wow, go ahead. It's amazing. Well, no, you. I mean, you go because I got a, I got a couple of different ones yeah. I want to, I want to talk about as well. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, the big story that we want to talk about is the FTX story. But before we get to that, I have to give a nod to two big things that happened here in Washington today. Number one, which is that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that she was not going to run uh, for leadership of the Democratic Party in the House again. Uh, obviously, as we know, she would no longer be Speaker of the House since her party is now in the minority. But Her stepping down from leadership as the very first House uh, Speaker who was a woman, and she had, what, a 35-year run in the House and, you know, Mm -hmm. went through three different presidents as Speaker and certainly has quite a legacy. And, you know, the links that I have in the show notes are to two very different opinion pieces, one from the LA Times, which talks about her being a trail trailblazer and a fearless leader and, you know, standing up to her own party, as well as to China and former presidents. And, you know, <laughs> she tore up Trump's State mm-hmm. of the Union, as, as the editorial reminds us. And, you know, she's got quite a legacy behind her. But then counter to that is a Washington Post opinion piece, which is different than an op-ed. But they, in this case, um, I'm just pulling it back up, they call her a failure. And that the Perry Bacon Jr. wrote this piece and said that her strategies were flawed, that, you know, she should have basically stepped aside earlier and made room for a new generation and that her policies allowed and in some ways opened the door for the rise of a more extreme Republican right and to Mm. some of the radical idea, uh, radical policies that we've seen and to read these two opinion pieces back to back is quite a different you know look at someone's legacy and i think they're both very interesting and you know um worth both of them worth reading also in the house today well no not in the house today in the senate today on the other side of capitol hill the Senate advanced the Respect for Marriage Act, which is the congressional piece of legislation that would eventually legalize same-sex marriage and make it like federal law that you couldn't get rid of it because there's been a lot of concerns that now that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade, which is based on um, different interpretations, shall we say, of Americans' right to privacy, 
then the same logic has been has been used to support the right to anybody getting married, uh, regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity. And so this bill would enshrine marriage equality into federal law, and it passed with a 62-37 vote. Uh, about 12 Republicans joined all 50 members of the Democratic caucus to vote in support of the bill, surpassing the 60 votes needed to avoid a filibuster. I'm reading that from the Washington Post as well. Uh, President Biden has already said he's going to sign it and wants the bill on his desk pretty soon, and that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Huge deal. Huge deal. Yes. Uh, I think that Perry Bacon Jr. article is so interesting. It's so interesting. It really and and is. here's just, just one counterpoint, no, two counterpoints. Number one, Donald Trump. Number two, mm -hmm. uh, about the rise of extremism in the Republican Party. Number two, n no matter where you stand on, um, on the political spectrum, it is a fact that the Affordable Care Act has gotten millions of people in this economy, millions, maybe tens of millions of people in this economy, health insurance. Um, mm -hmm. And without Nancy Pelosi, there's no Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. This is true. You know? I mean, this there is just true. isn't. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And it's one of those things where when you have a long enough legacy, it's going to include the good and the bad. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. You know, but you can't take away that she was a first and that she definitely yep. kept her party in line through a very difficult uh, Trump administration oh, for the Democrats, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For bleeping All sure. Right. Uh, okay. You go ahead. So let's let, let's get to the FTX thing. So. Mm -hmm. Just to get everybody up to speed, FTX was two weeks ago one of the biggest cryptocurrency exchanges. It has now imploded in a in a wave of accusations of mismanagement and possible embezzlement of investors' funds, and just you name it. It's all gone horribly wrong for Sam Bankman-Fried and his colleagues who were running that company. But there was a filing in the bankruptcy case, right? Sam Bankman-Fried took the company into bankruptcy last week and then stepped down as CEO. And there is a new guy in his CEO. His name is John Ray. And John Ray was, among many other things, the guy who got Enron through its bankruptcy proceedings 20 years ago after it dissolved in another wave of, of skullduggery and mismanagement and obfuscation and all kinds of terrible things. Anyway... So Ray says in a filing today, among many other things, the concentration of control in the hands of a very small group of inexperienced, unsophisticated, and potentially compromised individuals was unprecedented, he says, right? He did not have any confidence in the accuracy of the balance sheets that FTX had. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad, so bad, so bad. bad. So bad. And so uh, Stephanie Seek linked earlier today to a Twitter thread with little excerpts from the filing and mm -hmm. oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I mean, things yeah. like signing off on people's expense reports with emojis, giving personal <laughs> loans from the, I, I'm, it, it's, you want to laugh, but it apparently really yeah. happened. Uh, yeah. giving personal loans from company money to individuals at the company with almost no paper trail. They were buying houses with company money, but putting them in people's personal names, um, just, and, and not keeping track of, you know, customers' deposits and who owned what. Yeah. I mean, it's just messy. P people are, people are going to go to jail. People are going to go to jail. You I know? mean, <laughs> at last I checked, he was in some place with a non-extradition treaty. Oh, is that right? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't yes. know that. Fun not not yeah. funny. Sorry. It's uh, it's terrible, but wow. Amazing. Yes. Simply amazing. 
Don't get it. Okay, Don't what's your it. other one? Yeah. Well, I was going to do some stuff on Elon Musk, and then I was going to do some stuff on some other stuff, but, but really, that's the only one. That's the only one. I, I will say this about Elon Musk. So we've all heard in the last day and a half about how he sent this email to the whole company that said, you got to be hardcore. you got to go hardcore. You're going to be exited. Well, that deadline is 5 o'clock today, Pacific time. So it's like in an hour and a half, and we're going to see what happens. So if Twitter's not up, uh, by the time you hear this podcast, it's been nice, you know, making friends with you all. Yeah. When we were talking the other day about Mastodon and, and all these different social networks, I've yeah. heard from so many different people online who are saying that they really just don't want to give up on these networks that they've curated. Yeah, and no, it's totally. what you were talking about, that they'd rather kind of just um, give up, just leave it, you know, rather than try to recreate mm -hmm. it, which is something. Yeah. Oh boy, it's, so it's, much it's, news it's, today. It's, uh, so much news. Don't even know where to begin. Is. All right. All Let's right. Go. But we can do some smiley go? stuff now. Jake. All right. So I have a very quick tag to your um, uh, to your Nancy Pelosi stories, which is mm -hmm. this. <laughs> so the uh, Pelosi gave a, an interview to the Wall Street Journal after she gave her speech, which is worth watching, by the way. It was a nice little speech. Um, uh, and apparently, uh, after the interview with the Wall Street Journal, Pelosi said it was time for lunch, at which she had, uh, and this is from the journal again, a hot dog with relish and mustard, the same thing she has every day for lunch. I just thought that was a little quirky. A little quirky. That's all. Well, good to know that you can eat what you like for lunch on a daily basis and still age well, age gracefully, shall she, we say. She has aged well. I mean, come on, right? She's like, yeah. She has age well, for sure. And high mm -hmm. heels, too. Oh, yeah. yes. My mom always told us, never buy a pair of shoes in which you can't either run or get off quickly enough to use as a weapon. And I, I feel like Pelosi the same strategy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's okay. our high heel strategy That's in the advice. Adams family. There you go. That's fair. <laughs> Uh, right, speaking of dressing up, uh, so much fun with this story. So there is a poet uh, named Ariel Marie, and they won, or I guess they were listed on the Out 100 uh, LGBTQ plus sort of top 100 and among their oh. literary and publishing stars, publishing stars. And so they were invited to go to this big gala in New York to celebrate the Out 100. Ariel Marie is a larger person and was really worried about having something red carpet ready for this event. Mm. And so they posted on TikTok asking Lizzo for some help. And Lizzo uh. sent that big poofy dress that Lizzo wore, what was it, to the AMAs, I think it was a 2019 oh, yeah. AMAs. Oh, yeah, 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 something, that right. That big poofy one, it was like one of these really beautiful yeah. designer gowns. And yeah, it was the 2019 American Music Awards and sent sent the dress to them so that they could wear it. And so they oh, posted this video of, of them unboxing the dress and how happy they were. And then of them wearing the dress at the gala. And it was just so nice. And I thought it was such oh, a kind awesome. and generous gesture because yeah, plus size uh, 
you know, red carpet attire is probably not the easiest oh, yeah, thing no. to find. And it was such a, it is such a gorgeous dress. And that, that did make me smile. I thought that was really nice. That's awesome. And that of course, great. we're going to have awesome. links to all this in the show notes. I should say there's a, quite a bit of profanity in that unboxing video. <laughs> but happy profanity. Good. Just don't watch what you uh, you, yeah. you saw her. You saw this on Saturday Night Live, right? She was amazing. I didn't. Amazing. You didn't? I'll go back and... Have we I talked didn't. about this? I don't really oh, you totally have to. No. She was incredible. She was great. She, she was great. always is. Yeah. She always yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, well, okay, this is an aside. It's so funny. So remember when Lizzo was playing the the, the crystal flute and the, it was the like The glass huge flute, thing. whatever it was, yeah. yeah. Crystal, it was crystal. But everyone's like, crystal oh my flute. gosh, can't believe. And and the Library of Congress made this huge deal about how she was one of the first people to play it. And NPR did this big story on it. And then mm -hmm. someone reminded mm -hmm. NPR that they had actually done a story about the actual first time that someone had played that oh, flute. Oh, that's funny, too. And Lizzo wasn't yeah. actually the first. Oops. And it was an <laughs> NPR had this story in the archives of the person oh, who actually like pulled it out because I guess it has to be played every so often. Anywho, all fun. Yay, Lizzo. Really? That was nice. Hmm. All right. And with that, uh, I guess we're done for today. Back for tomorrow. We are back tomorrow for Economics on Tap. It's Friday. YouTube live stream starts at 6 30 uh, back east, 3 30 out here. News drinks. We'll play around of half full, half empty. Uh, and also uh, that last question poll on the audience live stream. So there we go. Until then, if you have a question or a comment, you can call 508-UB-SMART and leave us a voicemail, or you can email us, makemesmart at marketplace.org. Hmm. Make Me Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera and Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered. No, not Charlton Thorpe. It was Jake Cherry. Jake is the one yes. who started us with no notice. Just saying. I mean, the time is kind of a notice, Kai. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Ellen Rolfus writes our newsletter. Bridget Bodner is senior producing Million Bazillion right now. And Donna Tam is the director of On Demand. Perfect timing. And with the music. Yay. I, I was working on it. Try to be like you. <laughs> we all want to be our best selves. But it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.